It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Monday, January 22nd. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Tough game to watch against the Houston Rockets on Saturday. That road win streak is broken and... Houston has beaten the Warriors two out of three times so far this season, so that's no bueno. But we're going to get into that in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to go over how the rookies are doing. That means an update on Jordan Bell's injury and checking out the rookies around the league. And then in the third segment, we're going to take a look at the standings and see what the future holds for the Warriors, especially with that loss to Houston. So thanks for joining me today. I appreciate every listener to Locked On Warriors more than you know. You can check out Locked On Warriors on any device and any platform. That means Spotify, iOS, Google Play. You can check out LockedOnWarriors.com where all of the podcasts are posted. Bookmark that page. You can find us on Facebook, Locked On Warriors, and Locked On NBA Net. And then there's also even an Instagram account, Locked On Warriors, as well as Twitter, Locked On Dubs. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at Koji Tare, K O G I T A R E, or via email at Aliko Carter 11, A L I K O Carter 11 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. If you have suggestions, if you have comments about the show, or just want to chop it up about hoops, by all means. You can find my media on Forbes.com. I've also been featured on BleacherReport.com. I've got some stories coming out, so I will keep you posted on when those are live. Also, I do want to do one final plug for my show from late Thursday with hip-hop artist and my brother, Adam Carter, a.k.a. A-plus from the Souls of Mischief from Hieroglyphics. Uh, It was a great conversation. We talked about the connections between hip-hop and basketball and many other subjects, and I encourage you to listen if you haven't already. Let's get into this game against the Rockets, and we'll go right to the fourth quarter. James Harden played like an MVP, and specifically on two instances back-to-back with about one minute to go in the game, he had Stephen Curry on skates on the offensive end. It was 108-111, to and bang! just knocked down the three-pointer. He knocked down a ton of three-pointers in the game, and that was the most important. And then Steph comes down on the other end and looks a little skittish, but tries to get a shot up and gets blocked by Harden at the three-point line at the top of the key. And the Warriors were looking desperate uh, the last two minutes of this game, and desperation does not suit them very well. It's one of those 
instances where you you look at them and they they their defense kind of fell apart and their offense was was chucking it was what what, what are we going to do we're going to find somebody who's pseudo open but not really open and they're going to chuck a shot uh Steph chucked a three KD chucked a three with hands in their faces in the final minute um, instead of trying to play their game and really get the ball to a spot potentially on the weak side that had an opening and it was it was simple desperation you could you could see the Warriors really really wanted to win this game and it'll and that desire made them forget who they were but it's a good loss and it's a good loss because what you're going to see, I mean, they allowed 40 points in the first quarter, and it didn't really slow down after that, allowing 116 points for the game, which, you know, is not crazy, but it's enough where you really got to see a better defensive output. And I think this loss is a good thing because that'll give the Warriors some time to breathe. Their next game is tomorrow, and... And it's at home. And to really reassess some things practice-wise today. I hope today that they worked on their rotations. They worked on their defense. They worked on staying down on pump fakes. They worked on running people off the line. And they worked on getting their switches right. Because they were blitzed. They were blitzed in the fourth quarter. And they weren't really too much able to recover after that. They did get back in the game, don't get me wrong. But when you allow 40 points in the first quarter and then you get desperate in the fourth, that's a recipe for loss. Uh, And the Warriors didn't have a lot of poise. They're known for poise, but they had no poise in the fourth. And the Rockets did. And so, you know, now I'm thinking maybe this Rockets team can play with the Warriors. Maybe this Rockets team has something that makes them special. And the Warriors are going to have to play better. If they meet them in the conference finals, this was the last meeting of the regular season and the Rockets now have a 2-1 series lead. So they won the season series. Good for the Rockets. All right, let's go to the box score. And Klay Thompson, we'll start with him because he had a bad game. He played 36 minutes and was only 3 of 11 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, but he only had 8 points and didn't really contribute too much elsewhere. One rebound, one assist, two steals. And a turnover, not a great game, but he, he plus-minus-wise, was better than every other starter, uh, and that has to do with uh, his defense and playing in specific lineups that didn't include Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin, for his credit, had 26 points on 9 of 17 shooting, but he was a minus 10. Curry was 6 of 20. They played great defense on him throughout the game. But like I said, they didn't have poise. They weren't poised. And so the shots that they were taking, excuse me, the shots that they were taking were mostly very difficult. And it showed. They still were able to shoot 49% from the field and 47% from three. And a lot of that was Nick Young, honestly. But they had 19 turnovers. And that including six from Stephen Curry, five from Draymond Green, and four from Kevin Durant. So the turnovers are a huge, huge issue. A lot of live ball turnovers, a lot of silly turnovers, um, and heavy, heavy turnovers from the three guys that are handling the ball the most. It's a problem. And that's where the minus 11, minus 5, and minus 10, respectively, for Curry, Green, and Durant come from. The turnovers, Patrick McCall was a minus 13. 
And the only guys who were pluses on the night were David West and Kevon Looney. But we're back with these plays of insanity, you know, pulling weeds. And now it seems the defense is a problem and the turnovers are a problem. So this three-day break that they have between Saturday and Tuesday is absolutely, absolutely necessary. Maybe they took a day off. I'm sure they could use one after that five-game road trip. Uh, but, um, you know, this this Rockets team didn't play extremely well offensively. They were 47% from the field, which is pretty good, and the Warriors aren't going to need to do better. And 38% from three, obviously, they chucked Chris Paul shot 11, making 6. James Harden shot 9, making 5. Luke Ba'amute shot 4, making 2. Eric Gordon was 0 of 9, so whoever was on him <laughs> uh, will give credit to Klay Thompson for that one. And P.J. Tucker was 1 of 3. But Chris Paul was very, very, very good. 33 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and 4 turnovers. 6 turnovers for James Harden but only 15 for the game for the Rockets, and that changes things. Uh, Harden was a minus six on the night, um, but Eric Gordon, Luke Ma, Mute, they were plus 15 and plus 13, respectively. The Warriors surrendered a 115.2 defensive rating in this game, which is awful. So turnovers and defense, turnovers and defense. The Warriors can turn those two around, then the rest of the season should be pretty good. They got to go 30 and 5 the rest of the way to reach 67 wins, which has been their benchmark for the last three seasons. They could do it, and it's going to be important that they win as many games as possible because right now they're 37 and 10. The Rockets are 32 and 12. So uh, the Warriors don't have much leeway particularly because they don't have the tiebreaker against the Rockets this season and I think it's important for them to have home court even though they've technically played better on the road this season I think it's important for them to have home court especially if they get their poise back and this is one of the most poised teams that you're going to ever see uh, they have fun and they play within themselves under normal circumstances so we're going to have to see what happens over the second half of the season now, I want to move on to Rookie Watch, but first I want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. If your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, you need look no further than Locked On Warriors. The podcast is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if that's your target demographic, definitely get at me. The podcast world is on the come up and you definitely want to be a part of it. Our rates are reasonable and I will give you every single detail. Email me at alicocarter11 at gmail.com and we'll get this conversation started. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. ba da ba ba, -ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Microsoft Surface and Teams. At CDW, we get the future of remote meetings works differently. Oh, going right from launch directly into a meeting, that could be awkward. But with Microsoft Surface devices with Teams orchestrated by CDW, the future works better. Touchscreen and voice capabilities keep Teams engaged and productive, enabling you to always collaborate with confidence. Good afternoon. 
Thanks for joining. Psst, you have a spinach in your teeth. Thanks for the tip, man. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash surface. Okay, it's rookie watch time, and we'll start with Jordan Bell. He's injured. He'll be out for the next two weeks before being re-evaluated. That's going to hurt the Warriors in certain ways, but they have a next man up mentality, and it's not like they have a ton of... Uh, a dearth of bigs, excuse me. They have plenty of bigs, and they could even potentially bring up somebody from the D-League, a Damian Jones or something like that, to play while Jordan Bell is on the mend. But there's a ton of good rookies out there. Donovan Mitchell playing for the Jazz, who traded up to get him from Denver, is averaging 19.3 points a game. Kyle Kuzma, who was drafted by Brooklyn and then traded to the Lakers, is averaging 16.4 points per game. Larry Markinen, who was drafted by Minnesota and then traded to the Chicago Bulls, is averaging 15.5 points per game. And Dennis Smith in Dallas is averaging 14.7. Jason Tatum, 13.7 in Boston. John Collins is having a nice year playing for a bad team in Atlanta, averaging 10.7 points. De'Aaron Fox, same. He came from Kentucky is in Sacramento and is averaging 10.3 points. And then Lonzo Ball, who's been in and out of the lineup with injury, is averaging 10.2 points. You've also got got Josh Jackson and Dylan Brooks in Phoenix and Houston, respectively. Actually, Dylan Brooks was traded to the Grizzlies. So he's playing really, really well for the Grizzlies right now. They're not going to make the playoffs either, but he's got a nice little niche for himself. And then, of course, there's Ben Simmons, who isn't even on this list that I'm glad I'm looking at because he is a second year kind of a red shirt. We'll call him a red shirt. And he's probably going to win rookie of the year. Him or Donovan Mitchell, I think it's between those two guys. But simple stats can't possibly tell the whole story, and you will never guess who leads in win shares per 48 minutes among rookies. That's one Jordan Bell with 0.198 win shares per 48 minutes. He's got 2.3 win shares total, which among rookies is seventh. Jason Tatum leads in win shares with 5.2, followed by John Collins, Bam Adebayo in Miami, Markinen, Mitchell, Kuzma, and then Bell. And then you've got OG Ananobi in Toronto. Toronto's playing extremely well, and OG is falling right into where he needs to be for them to be successful. And then you've got Josh Hart in Los Angeles Lakers by way of Utah, who also is up there at 10th in win shares. But Jordan Bell, his minutes are just more consequential than any other. That's that's what I that's what I get when I see win shares per 48 minutes and him leading win shares per 48 minutes by a significant margin. He's not getting the playing time of some of these guys, but he's making do with the best that he has. And we, the Warriors need him back as soon as possible because of the energy he brings uh, and because he needs more polish if he's going to be useful in the playoffs. He just needs more games under his belt. He needs to listen to what Ron Adams is trying to tell him about defense and Draymond Green and, uh, you know, but, but hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. 
these rookie stats, I want to reiterate, do not include Ben Simmons. So let's take a look at what Ben Simmons is doing in the NBA in his first full season. He's got 2.7 win shares and a win share per 48 of 0.104. So that's not super duper high, uh, but those total win shares would put him in the top 10. He's averaging 35 minutes a game with 16.6 points, 8.0 rebounds, 7.2 assists, excuse me, and 3.1 win shares. Uh, so his value over a replacement player is 1.7, and he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, let's be honest, 17, 8, and 7. 17, 8, and 7, that's ridiculous. Um, and the Philadelphia 76ers are good. So um, it's really going to be, uh, it's his award to lose. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. All right, in this segment, we're going to check out the standings, and I've got some news and notes as well. Uh, First note, uh, one person who my brother A-plus did not shout out on the Thursday podcast is Ron Artest. We actually had him in a recent, uh, excuse me, in a previous take, and uh, the reason he wore 93 was because of the uh, of 93 till infinity, because of hieroglyphics and souls of mischief. So I want to say that and say thanks, uh, Metal World Peace, for supporting underground hip hop, for being awesome, for being yourself, for shedding light on uh, mental health issues in basketball, and for just being an amazing person. Uh, we forgive you for the malice in the palace. Also, on my Bleacher Report app, Jason Kidd just got fired and... That really sucks. Uh, it sucks for Giannis, who's devastated, according to the news reports. I'm not sure exactly why Jason Kidd was fired. The Bucks are currently in eighth place at 23 and 22. They're four and six in their last 10. <clears throat> that must be why he was fired. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks are an interesting team because they have the length to play with anybody and they have star power, but their defense is just not good. And they were so good defensively in kids' first season there that we can't really explain where that went. And you got to say, you know, with the talent on that team, maybe the firing was justified, but you know, it's it's a tough one to, to look at because he had had such a good connection with all those players, Giannis included, but also uh, Brogdon, Chris Middleton. He really brought them up from 
from nothing, from from young guys who didn't really have anything to their names to really a team to watch out for in the East. And somehow they're 23 and 22. Somehow they're 500, uh, but they should be playing better than that. The Boston Celtics are 34 and 13. They lost three in a row, but they're still number one in the Eastern Conference by two games. Toronto is 31 and 14. They've lost one, but they're 6 and 4 in their last 10 and Cleveland is 3 and 7 in their last 10 on a one game losing streak and are at 27 and 18. Miami, where do you keep coming from? 27 and 19, 8 and 2 in their last 10, 15 and 10 on the road and 12 and 9 at home. This is a good team. It's a team that gave the Warriors fits in their one previous meeting. And, I mean, you got to look at Eric Spolstra for Coach of the Year if they can continue to keep this up. Washington is at 26-20 and 20 in fifth place. In sixth place, Indiana is at 25-22, and 22, and they're 6-4 and four in their last 10. They've been up and down. Philadelphia is 22-20. They've won three in a row to get them into the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference, and Milwaukee's 23-23. and 23. 23 and 22 in eighth. Detroit is one game below 500 and one game out of the playoffs at 22 and 23. And New York, the Knicks have a striker's chance at 21 and 26. Chris Stapps was angry that he wasn't voted a starter, but you got to look at your record, buddy. You're not winning enough games. 21 and 26 isn't going to cut it. It's not going to make the playoffs and not going to make you worthy of being a star- an all star starter. But hey, you know, it is what it is. In the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors are 37 and 10. The Rockets are 32 and 12. That is a 3.5 game difference, and it's been well documented. Minnesota's playing extremely well, and San Antonio, both at 30 and 18. Minnesota's 6 and 4 in its last 10. San Antonio's 4 and 6. They round out the top four of the Western Conference, followed by Oklahoma City at 26 and 20. That's a big drop off. It's 12 games above 500 to six games above 500. And you see the same thing in the Eastern Conference. Big drop off between number four and number five. A somewhat, nah, it's, it's less pronounced in the Eastern Conference. But in the West, there's four teams that are clearly above the fray. And then you've got Oklahoma City at 26 and 20. They've won four in a row. And are playing very well. And they're going to be featured on our Locked On NBA Net Top 10. As hosts of our podcasts and NBA experts, we're going to be bringing you rankings of the top 10 teams in the league based on our expertise. Stay tuned for that. Portland is four games above 525 and 21. They've won three in a row. New Orleans, 24 and 21, has two All-Stars starting. While being only three games over 500, they're in the seventh spot. They've won one. They're six and four in their last 10. And the LA Clippers round out the top eight at seven and three in their last 10. They're 23 and 22, one game above 500. Denver's 23 and 23, right there knocking on the door. And then there's a big drop off. Eight games below 500 is the Utah Jazz. For the Warriors, there's still something like 38 or 39 games to go, so they do have a lot of work to do between now and April, mid-April, and it's not going to get easier. Three-game homestand against the Knicks, Timberwolves, and Celtics, followed by at Jazz, at Kings, which have beaten the Warriors, and at Nuggets, which have also beaten the Warriors, then home to the Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs, before uh, hopefully a gimme at the Phoenix Suns, on February 12th at Trailblazers in the last game before the All-Star break. So that's the schedule for the rest of 
the early part of the season, you know, the unofficial break point is the All-Star break and they get a week off, but there's a lot of there's a lot of important games before then, a lot of good teams before then, and the Warriors are going to have to pick up their defense, turn down the turnovers and make things happen. Um, and, you know, kind of conjure the magic that we had seen from guys like <clears throat> Curry and Durant uh, before this tough stretch of games. One last note on the Warriors before we go today. Uh, KD said, Capella's job isn't that hard. He called out Clint Capella for saying the Rockets are better than the Dubs. You can't just come out and say shit like that is basically what he said. And, you know, he's right. So here's what he said specifically. Did you see the Houston Quotes postgame? Kevin Durant was like, yeah. Pique your interest at all? Nah, man, it's all part of the game. You understand they beat us twice this year. They should feel confident. Obviously, we're confident. We feel as though we're the best team in the league. We can beat anyone as well. But we can be beat. We can be beat on any night. If we don't come to play, if we turn it over 20 times, if we don't guard the three-point line well, we can be beat. But we don't want to give those kinds of teams that type of confidence. But we let it happen. We got to move on. and we gotta. And if we see this team, I'm sure it'll be a fun one. If you hear that from guys like Capella, usually he's catching the ball and laying it up from CP or James Harden. His job is not as hard. When your job is not that hard, you know you just can't come out there and say shit like that. I don't expect that from CP and James and Ariza and the rest of the guys like that because they know how hard it is to come out and do that every single night. Capella, catch and dunk on every night, is pretty easy for him. So that is Kevin Durant's feelings about Clint Capella and what he said after the game, the win for the Rockets in Houston. That's my pod for Monday, January 22nd. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. I'll be previewing the game against the New York Knicks. We're going to be doing our Warrior of the Week, and then we're going to be going around the NBA. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and stay thoughtful, Hoopsheads. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.